Welcome back, everybody, to the Intrinsic Podcast, episode unknown. We're going to keep this one unknown. We'll call it the Patriotic or Patriotism episode. Um, but as always, my name's Juan. And my co-host here is... Omar, what's up? <laughs> okay, okay, good. I'm just making sure you're, you're, you're live, you're there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> we wanted to talk in this uh episode um we're actually recording this on september 11th so obviously the events of 9-11 are on our mind um even though we were still young at that age we have obviously as anyone who's alive these days grown up hearing about it reading mm-hmm. stories or i think there's a netflix documentary right now about it right so there's plenty of information out there for anyone who I guess it's young enough to not know about it. Um, but the overall events and the status, I believe, of the country currently have pushed us to talk about patriotism. So this overall episode is about patriotism, what it means, how it's perceived, and I suppose most importantly, how each of us embodies it. Right, And I say that because... These days, patriotism, unfortunately, is seen as a negative thing. It's seen yes. as if you're flying the American flag, it's like, oh, that guy's probably racist or that guy's probably a, a Trump supporter, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I say that because I, I thought that at times, right? Even though it was a, a stupid thing to think about, I've thought it at times because, you know, sure, the thing that happens is people who are often very patriotic tend to then go into becoming nationalists. And that that's who I think was really sort of supporting Trump and who's really on the far, far right. Right. So so this overall episode, we're just going to try to talk about that. Also about the far, far left. Right. And just overall about the status and perception of our country as citizens here. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, everything that's happening in our country recently is kind of. It's kind of like a think of america as like a dead horse and everybody's just kicking at it from a different angle you know like <laughs> yeah here comes cancel culture and here comes covid and then here comes uh you know racism anti- racism you know being anti-semitic you know like just just about everything like it's all at once um and i think america's a little hurt right now i think we're we're going through <laughs> yeah. a, a little rough patch but that's not to say that america isn't the the best country in this uh, in this planet, am I right? Goddamn right, America. God bless America. <laughs> I like how you're saying this. You guys can't see this, but he's wearing a Bass Pro Shop while he's saying this. Hell yeah, five nine to nine <laughs> with an American flag in the back. Which the American flag is sort of with some side of colors, but <laughs> it's still an hey, American flag. Still a patriot, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's it's just interesting with everything that's going on. Um, of course. You and I both have uh, spoken about our heritage and, and our background a little bit, but it goes without saying that we're definitely proud to be living here in this country. Um, and it, it really is a true privilege to live here, to have been born here. Um, there's a lot of great privileges that comes with being a citizen, being a native of this country. But at the same time, along with those privileges, those benefits, comes um, some repercussions, as we're seeing now, where yeah. because we are American, because we are 
a part of this great nation, we are perceived by other countries as being responsible for uh, certain mishaps that happen around the world. Um, with obviously everything that's happening right now, like in Afghanistan, um, there's a lot of people that are looking down on our country. Um, and it's it's kind of a, a weird place to be in when your country has so much influence around the world um how you're, you're projected you're blamed for you everything go. you're blamed for everything but i mean how much resp- responsibility do we really have i mean do you do you have the possibility to go to another country and fix it one uh no not to say that you're not great but i think it would take much more than just you right and the same goes for me i don't have the capability to travel to another country and fix it I don't think any single person does. It, it takes a lot of manpower. It takes a lot of planning. Um, it, it takes a lot of intellectual individuals. But yet people want to cast the blame on the single person or the few people that travel to their country, right? Um, where we'll have American tourists being bashed publicly in other countries. Um, and it's just a very weird time to be who we are, which is Americans, right? It's It's weird. <laughs> To yeah. even, it's weird to say that. It feels weird. It feel when yeah. it's coming off your tongue, like you almost want to like put it right back and not let it out your mouth. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree because, I mean, we've expressed on multiple occasions like how proud and happy we are of our Mexican heritage. I mean, it's amazing. Like it's who we are. Absolutely. But we are also, like you said, we are actually, you know, Americans. We're you, we're. We live in this country and we enjoy living in this country. And right, it, it is sort of a weird thing to be blamed by the entire world for shit, you know. And I know why they do it because they think, I don't think anyone realistically ex- expects any single individual to go to a country and save it. I think what they mean by that, though, is you guys are electing these people that are making these decisions, right? But here's the thing, right? This is a big place. I mean, we don't think about it, but the United States is a really, really big place. And yeah. because of that, it's a very, very diverse place. And that diversity makes it difficult, I think, for other people to understand. Like, right? Like for example, when Donald Trump got elected, it's like, oh, so you voted for him? No, that's not how it works. It's what, like 100 or 400 million people in this country? Yeah. No, I didn't vote for him, but my vote isn't the one that just decides things, right? And so mm-hmm. I'd also like to, right, before we go any further, sort of distinguish here between patriotism and nationalism because I think patriotism is these days associated too much with nationalism. Again, patriotism is a good thing overall. And so the, the definition here of patriotism is the quality of being patriotic devotion to and vigorous support for one's country which i don't think anyone can read that and think oh that's really really bad like why would you not want the country that you live in to be better than it is right now to improve it right mm-hmm. but on the other side we have nationalism which is i think what these these days people perceive patriotism as like and nationalism is the identification with one's own nation and support of its interests especially to the exclusion or detriment of the interests of other nations. And that's the way I think we're perceived these days or anyone really with a with a American flag even here is perceived. 
because there's a difference between support and support to the detriment of other nations, right? And that that's a big distinction that I think we should we should make because mm-hmm. I again it's taken some time, but I for sure feel more patriotic now than I felt before because I now understand what that means. I now understand what this country provides and how important that is to my life. I mean, here we are sitting in our respective homes talking about random stuff on a podcast. I mean, not random stuff, right? But here we are talking about stuff on a podcast. Like To have the ability to do that is super rare. And I should know because I've traveled to certain places where this would never be possible. Yeah, I mean, we could stand here and and do entire episodes about how shitty this country is, and we would be fine. (laughs) But go to China and go to all these other countries, and you would be shut down immediately. I mean, there would be no ability to do that, right? So I do feel more patriotic right now than I've ever felt. And again, that comes from me understanding what that means. I I was of the same perception before. I thought like, ooh, people who are just super patriotic right there, I saw them sort of as nationalists, you know? But it's like there's nothing wrong with someone flying the American flag. There's nothing wrong with someone being very passionate, very passionate about making their country better. Why would you not want to do that, right? So just a key distinction there as as we continue talking about this. Yeah, and, and thank you for sharing those definitions for us, Juan. And I can guarantee you, listeners at home, that this definition was 100% spot on because Juan is wearing his reading glasses. So. I am wearing my reading glasses. <laughs> Rest assured. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with being prideful. Um, I think uh, I think with any, if anyone is uh, prideful, it's me. I think I'm, I've been full of pride my whole life. Uh, I love to be proud of who I am and where I come from and what I stand for. Um, perhaps in certain cases, I've been a little bit louder about it, and other times I've been more reserved about it. Like in this case right now, I would almost say I'm a little bit more reserved to show my pride because I'm I'm somewhat kind of uh, in doubt right now if it really is pride or if maybe I'm wrong for being prideful, right? And that's the weird part that I think a lot of us are facing right now in this country is we're kind of questioning our pride. Like, is it something good to have? Is it something to be uh, loud about? Or is it something that we should be more reserved and should be kind of keeping to ourselves? And with everything that's gone on from Donald Trump to COVID to people being canceled, blacklisted, um, being publicly shamed, uh, there's a lot of concern for people where they truly don't feel comfortable in their own skin. They don't feel comfortable leading the lives that they used to. Um, and of course, as life happens, uh, it's going to continue to evolve. It's going to continue to change for us. But one thing that shouldn't change is your your comfort in who you are. That should never really change. Unless, of right. course, you're, you're advancing, you're becoming a better person. But you should never feel ashamed of who you are or where you come from or where you live. There should never be a, a, a sense of doubt in you, but there is. And that's a cause for concern. Um, as I was telling you earlier, I remember when I was uh, younger, I used to almost feel like uh, kind of disappointed or, or threatened by people driving around in big old lifted diesel trucks with the American flag hanging out at the back, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, 
like, oh, there goes that one guy or whatever, you know, because it was so like loud and obnoxious and in your face. It's like, okay, pal, we get it. You're American. So are we too, you know, but you don't see us flying the American flag on our Prius or our Toyota Corolla on their way to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of uh, uncomfortable at first. But with time, I kind of grew out of it. And I understood. It's like, they're just really proud of our country. They're just really proud to be a part of this. Um, but I know that at the time, there was almost a sense of like, wow, that guy's probably racist. Like, that guy probably hates people, right? And it was, yeah. I think, so wrong uh, for anybody to assume like that just because he had pride that he was also racist. Or just because he was prideful of this country that he had hatred towards somebody else based off of only him having the flag, right? Yeah. And as you were explaining earlier, at the end of the day, the flag is composed of what? It's fabric. It's cloth. It's woven. It's sewn together. And sometimes it's put on a pole. That's it, you know? But, of course, it stands for much more than that. But we're the ones that give it that meaning. We're the ones that give it that definition. It's us. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's just a cloth. And to feel any certain type of way over it just kind of boggles my mind. It's like people really feel threatened by that flag. And I think when it when you really break it down, if somebody feels threatened by the flag, I don't think that they're really understanding what's going on. I don't think it's the flag that's threatening them. I think it's their they're themselves. They they don't feel prideful. They don't feel like they want to pay homage to this country you know mm-hmm. uh, the united states obviously has a lot of people that have immigrated from around the world um you know or i can say for myself i have people within my family that came from mexico right we came here from mexico and i'm proud of both places but at the end of the day i was born here and i do live here and there's a different sense of allegiance that comes along with that um because of all the great privileges and benefits that you you have as an american right right but yet there's people that will come here but also kind of like forget about uh you know the other half of being a citizen of living Mm -hmm. here where they still want to continue to pay pay their allegiance to another place and that's where it gets a little tricky it's a little it's a little questionable what some people do um i don't want to say that it's it's like I'm the one that's going to decide whether it's right or wrong, but I will say it does make me feel a little bit uncomfortable that not everybody's on the same page. Right. Because again, I don't think there's anything wrong with our country. I think this is a great country. It's done so many great things for so many people, but yet with the media and the portrayal of certain people within our country, it's cast to be something dark. It's cast to be something evil. It's cast to be something that's honestly not true. Right. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, and so recently there's been this uh, video that's gone viral. I think it comes from TikTok, but I think now you can find it just about anywhere, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, Mm -hmm. you'll probably find it on Fox and CNN. It's a video about a school teacher that's speaking about her experience with her classroom, where she's explaining that because of COVID, as many classrooms across the country had to shut down. So she naturally uh wasn't using her classroom she was probably working from home and then when things started to kind of kickstart again she started working in her classroom again probably zooming from class uh to the rest of her students 
But she decided to take down the U.S. flag. And she put it in a closet somewhere. Or so she says. That's what she claims in the video. But she never put it back up. And now months later, classes return to the school. She has her students there. And she expresses that she doesn't force her students to have to stand or to recite the allegiance uh, if they don't want to. So right off the bat, you get the sense of like, okay, she's very, perhaps she's more liberal than most teachers, right? Um, She's not as restrictive, right? Which is a good thing in my opinion. And so the the video continues and then she explains that, she didn't have the flag. She didn't put it back up. And that one of her students asked, well, we want to pledge allegiance, but there's no flag. And then she looks around the classroom and she's like, oh, well, there's the LGBTQ flag. You can pledge allegiance to that one. And she's kind of making, you know, a joke about it. Like, yeah, so Mm -hmm. I just had them, you know, pledge allegiance to that flag. And the reason why she didn't put the other flag was up or whatever is because when she was returned, when she had returned to the classroom, she says in the video that it made her uncomfortable and she kind of whispers it. And that's basically what triggered thousands of people, millions of people because people are claiming that's unpatriotic. That's not what a teacher should be like. How dare you teach our children that? And you know, yada, 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 yada. Um, So that's like the first thing that I kind of wanted to bring up is was she right? Was she wrong? What's your point of view on that? I think she was wrong. I, I think she was wrong for a couple of different reasons. Mm-hmm. One, I mean, it's her responsibility as a teacher to teach the curriculum and to teach it, I mean, in the country that she's teaching it. And if I don't know what the you know standards are at that school for pledging allegiance or whatever, but if you are going to pledge allegiance, you should pledge allegiance to the flag, right? I mean, the whole words are about the American, you know, the United States. You're not going to pledge allegiance, you know, about the United States to a Mexican flag. It's just, it's just it's not going to correlate, right? I mean, yeah, it's, or like it's a different thing. Pledge the pledge allegiance to the whiteboard with a math equation on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also think she made a mistake by putting her beliefs and letting them affect her job. Right. Yeah. That's fine if she feels that way, but that shouldn't interfere with her job. And also for another thing, like you said, it's a piece of cloth. I mean, it's a piece of cloth. If you're really threatened by a piece of cloth, then I think you have to look more at yourself than about the cloth itself. Yeah. Sounds weird. I also think, yeah. And I also think you're just generalizing. And I just want to touch back to a point that you made, which is pretty interesting is, something that maybe people who have settled here for a long time aren't experiencing, but anyone who's immigrated here recently, Mexicans, Mm -hmm. Indians, uh, you know, um, Chinese people, anyone, right. That isn't from here. That's immigrated recently. I think in these times is facing a little bit of an identity crisis, right? Because, and it's a weird thing. And I don't think it should be an identity crisis because why can't you, embrace different cultures and still be you and here's the thing i embrace my mexican culture as much as anyone else and i embrace Mm -hmm. my american culture as much as anyone else but i'll be the first one to tell you i do not support the mexican government right and i do not support typically in the direction in which the country is going 
right? Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. It's like I don't feel like I need to support the country. I'm supporting my culture and I'm supporting the people in the country and in this country. And it's fine to do both. It's fine to do both. Yeah, you're right. It is sort of a weird thing if you're trying to have allegiance to both countries as a whole because the countries can be, right, they can have ideals that fight each other. But cultures don't typically, if both cultures are appreciated, you can have both cultures and they can intermingle. Whereas countries, it's not so much the case, right? Mm-hmm. I think you have a good point there. I think uh, I think it's funny when uh, people say, "Well, how 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 dare you support that country? Like you live in this country, you don't support them." And I think that's what they immediately assume is that we're perhaps supporting that government or supporting their political views, right? Um, yeah. I think that's very rarely the case. Um, maybe perhaps certain religion aspect uh like for as far as like belief systems but not 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 at all it's just really your culture it's your heritage um and yeah there shouldn't be wrong anything wrong with that i mean why can't you support two countries why can't you support three countries why can't you support all of them why can't you just support the world why can't you just support everyone right i mean not the bad ones of course you know there's evil people out there but even with every country right there's there's bad people there's good people but why not support the good why not support unity Right? Why does it always have to be like, well, no, it's this country or no country at all, right? Um, yeah, and that's I, and I think the thing also, that's always kind of like strange to me. Yeah, and I think also, I mean, I I personally don't do that. Like, I don't, I wouldn't say I support. I wouldn't say I support different countries. I mean, I support everyone, right? But I wouldn't say like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm really rooting for this government over here. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't really care that much. I'm just saying, like, who I support fundamentally are the people. Yeah, like that's why I really support. And it's funny because you've you've told me like, I mean, you've been fucking around, but you told me like when I was, uh, I have this thing where I really dislike the Chinese government. And Omar would make it a point to be like, "Bro, you're racist." I'm like, "No, I'm not fucking racist." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember that now, huh? Uh-huh. Okay. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you can't I'm you not, can't cancel me publicly, Juan. That's not allowed. I'm gonna cancel you from your own <laughs> from your own podcast. You can only cancel me in private. That's my style. Okay. Here's the thing. I, I obviously I'm not racist, but I really despise the Chinese government. The people are amazing. I'm sure the people are great. And the same thing yeah. is I have that about other countries. The the people are typically never to blame. Yes, there's certain ideals that the people could sort of take on from the country. That's fair. Sure. But very rarely does the actual government represent, unfortunately, the, the actual opinion of the people. And so mm-hmm. that's the reason why for something like you know, China, like I I despise their government because they do so many things wrong. But I have no problem with the, you know, the population of China in the country, nor here in the United States or nowhere, anywhere else, really. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that I think people fail to understand. It's like, I don't even have to support the American government. I could still support my country, though. Right. And that's that's the big difference. We are not electing everyone to the government. We are not responsible for anyone in the government. And here's the thing. The thing that makes it great is you can do that. You could still be proud of your country, but acknowledge, as is the case, this place has a lot of work. We have a yeah. lot of shit that we have to figure out. 
And that's a fair thing. Why can't you have both? Why can't you acknowledge and appreciate your country, but then at the same time say, hey, we're doing all right, but we could do a lot, a lot better. Right. And that's where yeah. I think the freedom that people talk about, like, you know, America, freedom, that's the value of it, that we could talk about this, that we could discuss, that we could even disagree. And that's completely fine. As long as yeah. we just acknowledge that we have different perspectives and everyone in this country is going to have a different perspective. And that's part of what makes it great. Yeah. I think uh, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, of course, when you told me about the, the <laughs> you hating the Chinese government, of course, that was a joke. Um, but uh, that's also kind of a reflection of how uh, the thing is right now, how everything is in, in the U.S., where if you go against the general wave, you go against the sheeple, you're wrong. Cancel. Like, you're going to be yeah. publicly shamed. Like, you shouldn't be speaking up for yourself, right? But, of course, mm-hmm. in our country, we have the freedom of speech. We have the right to speak our mind. But for that very exact same reason, now there is a backlash where because you spoke up for yourself, now I'm going to speak up about my opinion that goes against yours. And it's going to counterbalance yours even more so because it carries more weight now because I can actually cancel you. I can literally end your career if you're somebody that's a public speaker or a celebrity or a politician or a person of interest and that's really powerful stuff i mean you're ending people's lives and you're basically using the same structure against the very same people right it's freedom of speech it's what we stand for in this country is that freedom but now it's being used against our own people and it's kind of terrifying that you can't even speak your mind because somebody else will kind of either misconstrue or just immediately reject your opinion and then publicly shame you for it. It's like, what's going on here? I thought we lived in, in the U.S. Like, what's mm-hmm. the point of having freedom then at that point? Right? Right. And it's, yeah. uh, it's very strange. I don't understand how this came to be. It kind of gradually got worse and worse over time to the point where we are now yeah i think it's just it it is a weird thing i gotta say i i never saw this coming and here weirdly enough i didn't see it coming but i wasn't surprised when i arrived i don't know if that even makes sense but i wasn't surprised Mm -hmm. that it happened i was just unaware that it was developing in a sense and here's the thing there are two things to that cancel culture. One is valid. The other one is not valid. The valid one is we should always hold people accountable. The shit that you say matters. I mean, there's a whole reason, right? Like everything you say matters. It always matters. But absolutely. Right. So that's that's on the positive side. Yes, cancel culture has shut down people that shouldn't have a platform in certain cases. That is fair. Mm-hmm. But on the other case, and I think this is where it's gone wild and where it's overall developed a negative reputation is the, I don't know if, I don't know if people who are, I don't know, part of this cancel culture or who are trying to cancel people don't understand the concept of human growth. I mean, that's, if, if they don't, they should listen to this podcast because that's all we're talking about, human growth. But essentially everyone grows. So how, yes, hold people accountable. But if I said something that was really fucked up 10 years ago, which means I would be 14 
am I really that same person? You're saying that I didn't change in 10 years of my life and I still believe that? No, that, that's, that's just fucking ridiculous. You can't hold someone accountable for something that they said five or 10 years ago. If they said it a couple months ago, 100%. A year? Yeah. Okay, sure. But once you start going two, three, four, five, ten years into the past, then you're just like, okay, well, how much of this is valid? Right. And yeah. I would argue in most cases, very little of it is valid because even people who have, I don't know, negative sort of racist tendencies, everyone changes. Right. I'm not saying people are just going to become completely different people within five or ten years, but they will be different. They won't yeah. be completely different, but they'll be on some level different. And I think that's the negative side of it because they've shut down a lot of people who the only thing they've done wrong in their life is said something stupid when they were young and stupid. And that's fucked up. Yeah. It's it's like the it's like the opposite of that one brand that became big, young and reckless. Like now it's young and stupid. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think uh, we can all say we've done stuff that we regret, uh, possibly stuff that disappoints ourselves and others when we were young. I mean, I know that's that definitely is the case for me. And we've seen dozens and dozens of examples, uh, you know, starting from Kevin Hart uh, being shamed for the, I guess, the, the joke. jokes that he made about the gay community, um, although he is a comedian and was a comedian. Right. Um I don't understand that. (laughs) He's a comedian, and people are mad that he made a joke. Yeah, and and as we've expressed before on this podcast, if anybody should be making, uh, you know, sensitive jokes that could, you know, offend people, it's comedians because that's what they're there to do. That's their career is literally to say things and not be taken serious. But yet you're gonna nitpick what they said. And then use it against them to try to bring them down or bash them. It's just it's terrible. I mean, at that point, there's no purpose of there being comedians at all. Why even laugh? Because everything's going to offend you anyways. Um, and there is, I think, certain case scenarios where people take jokes too far. Um, you know, I think that's the that's the only issue I can find with comedy is that it's not the comedians themselves. It's the people that go to the shows. It's the people that watch these comedians do their specials or their jokes. And perhaps they were at the joke and, and or they were at the at the show and they drank a few too many drinks or smoked a bit too much pot when they were watching it. And they thought, oh man, what this guy just said is hilarious. And then they take that home with them. And then they say it to their friends, they say it to their family members, and then that spreads. But what was once meant to be interpreted as a joke is now being interpreted as something that's you know, an actual statement and people can be offended by that. And that's the only issue I think there is, but to cancel and bash the comedians themselves just doesn't quite make sense. And there's other examples of celebrities like recently John Cena had, uh, I guess I, I, I forgot the <laughs> correct way what to happened? describe this scenario, but um, he basically stated that I think, um, what was it? That Thailand was a country, or no, not Thailand? Oh yeah, that uh, I believe it was uh, Malaysia. No, maybe not Malaysia. Um, should we should we look that up so we that we don't get canceled ourselves? No, I don't really. I don't care enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like who who does? You know, um, you can go ahead. Well, Omar Googles, 
I will continue <laughs> this conversation. And, you know, talking about the comedians, that's the cool thing about this, right? Everyone is free to everything. So you're free to whatever comedy sense you have. If you don't want to hear some specific joke, if you think, oh, this guy just sucks, he's super racist, or he just makes insensitive jokes, you're free to walk out the theater. You're free to, I mean, these days everything's on Netflix, so you're free to click that little red button on the left-hand side and exit yeah. out. Right? Yeah. So I looked it up, and it was Taiwan. And so he oh, basically yeah. implied that Taiwan was a country, and it was a mistake he made, you know. Um, but then he issued an apology in Mandarin uh, <laughs> because Fast 9 was going to be coming out or premiering around the time. And that was like, in my point of view, that's as close as we'll ever get to a public execution in this current century. Because he basically said like, yeah, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I'm so, so, so sorry. Like, please don't cancel me, basically. You know, like, that's that's sad. Like, you should be allowed to make mistakes. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake. But because there's so many, so much money at stake with, uh, you know, the majority of the film's money coming from China, it's like you kind of have to, right? I mean, you um, know what? That, that, that is an actual country, though. I mean, it is a country. The only reason he said that is because the Chinese government is trying to essentially take over that country. Right. So right. I don't... I, I mean, I would... Yes, it's a weird position, and I understand why he walked back to his comments, but a lot of people in the NBA have said similar things, and they've mm -hmm. also walked them back again because China has that much influence, and it's a huge market, yeah. but they're not saying things that are incorrect. They're really not. Yeah, and I mean, at that point, when you really break it down, it's really just for money. It's not even so much about the freedom of speech at that, because I think at the end of the day, these people who have now become celebrities generally don't care at the end of the day. I mean, it's a mistake. How could you care so much about an honest mistake? You didn't mean to yeah. say that or do that, but because there's so much money at stake, it's like, yeah, you kind of effed up. Like you got to take care of that or else you're going to cost the whole movie or this whole industry, a lot of money. Like we're not going to be too happy with you doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean like we could go on all day, all night, there's dozens and dozens of examples of people being canceled. And it comes down to trying to be politically correct about everything. Where now that I think about it, it's almost like everybody that has a social media platform is a politician. Because yeah. they have to be tidy clean. They have to scrub their whole history. They can't have one single thing that they said wrong on any of their social media platforms and if they had social media as a little kid, well, sucks because they have to take all that stuff down, right? Mm -hmm. And even then, there's ways that people who are actively trying to cancel people, actively trying to disrupt people's lives, have a way of going through, um, it's like a history search online. I think it's called like the Wayback Machine or something like that, where there's mm -hmm. still archives that you can go through. Even if you deleted it off of your own account, there's still archives up on the internet. You know how they say, once it's up on the internet, you'll never take it down. Well, it's true. There's archives. There's ways to actually dig up stuff on people. And and it's just terrible. I mean, I know I've posted a lot of stupid stuff when I was young, when I had just friend got, like, first gotten my Facebook account. But does it represent mm -hmm. who I am now? Of course not, as you were saying, right? It's like 
if you were to take a homework assignment that you had made back in like elementary school and compared it to something that you did in college, do they compare? Like not even close. But yet the one thing that you posted or the one thing that you said did, like that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. It's strange, let, man. It's really yeah. strange. And let me ask you this too, because we're talking about opinions and perceptions. A lot of the things that people hear especially on the media, are things on the extreme side of things, both on the okay. left and the right. So I suppose my question here to you is, how do you think you get to that point? Because there's one thing being sort of a liberal or a conservative, even though I hate those labels, but how do you go further beyond that? And how, how much does that potentially damage the country that you believe potentially if you're on the right that you're protecting or on the left that you're probably trying to tear down. Well, the thing, I don't know if this applies to other countries. Um, it might in, in a similar fashion, but like, I think in this country, like politics has become a sport. It's, hmm. you know, cast on every news network it's like oh well the right said this the left said this the, 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 like back and forth back and forth it's almost like people are keeping score and at the end of the day when a lot of these people have nothing else going on in their lives they come home they sit down they kick up their feet they crack open a beer and they're watching the news like oh what did the right say like oh we can't have that right and then they have this anger um and it's just feeding their insecurities they're just like soaking it all up um I mean, as I've, I think I've stated this before, I myself don't have any specific political view. I, I, I would call myself like nonpartisan um, because I don't think it's about citing one way or another. I don't think that leads to any form of resolution. I think we have to hear both sides. I think we have to hear all sides in order to kind of conform. It's never going to be one way or the other. It's literally about us meeting in the middle and kind of trying to work through things. But the second that you try to bash one side or cancel the other side or state that because one of their politicians uh, that represents with that side made a mistake and is now, you know, been deemed as uh, an inappropriate character or whatever, that now the whole party's like that, too. It's like, that's just this is not right. Like, are we forgetting that we're people at the end of the day that we all have, you know, our own uh, skeletons in the closet, as they say? Um, let's not forget that at the end of the day, we're all just people. Yeah, sure, politicians are supposed to be the superior people that will lead us to a brighter future. But they're all just still idiots at the end of the day. They make mistakes. I mean, we wake up sometimes not even feeling our 100%. How should we expect that out of politicians with the severe consequences that they could face if they make a mistake? Like, you don't think that they have maybe a little additional pressure on their shoulders, maybe a little bit more stress. They're bound to make a mistake. Nobody's perfect. Um, but yeah, I don't think it for the current situation that our country's in and for the little knowledge that I have on, on everything, right. Cause I'm not as informed as I should be. I, I just don't think that there's any certain side that's going to be the winning side or that that's going to be the way that we'll figure things out. It has to come from both sides. It has to come from everybody coming together and trying to conform to each other's standards. Um, yeah, that's the way I see it. Yeah. What about you? That's that's a fair thing. I think just to go off what you said, it's an unfortunate thing that politicians and public figures can't admit that they're wrong. Because yeah. 
I think that would make them such better politicians in the first place. It would make them more trustworthy. Yeah, more trustworthy. And I would think, I think overall it would make them better because then if they're open about their errors and if people don't just immediately attack them, then they're on public record and they can make up for those errors. You can say, I, I fucked up on this. Let me actually try this or that. And also, people can leave behind this ideal that this country is perfect. It's not perfect. But because our politicians try to give this impression of being perfect or that their specific party is perfect and their uh, the other party is evil, it mm-hmm. just simplifies things way too much. It's like, no, this is a huge country. Yeah, the judicial system, the executive branch, all of them are just weird intermingled systems that don't often represent the actual public opinion of the people. Yeah, and what I'll say is that often leads to a lot of a lot of extremist views. I think I don't think any mm-hmm. more than in the past. I don't think there's more extremist views today than there were before, but because they themselves like you said these people that are supposed to lead us to the future are divisive and they themselves are also telling you hey this other group sucks then like you you just iterate that over you know you hear that and you hear that and you hear that over and over and over again you start to believe that if you consume enough of this then it does end up being your belief and that i think poses a real threat to society as a whole and just order in general I know it sounds like a sort of grave thing to say, but I really do believe it because think about when was it? I believe it was last summer during uh, the George Floyd protests, right? That whole thing was amazing. But one thing that, or not one thing, but one of the few things that came out from it that weren't that positive was, I believe it was in Seattle, they created this autonomous zone or something like that. It was in either Seattle or Portland, right? And... They essentially declared it like a country, like literally, like you can't enter this area. Yeah. And on one hand, on one hand, I was laughing my ass off. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I was just, I was just laughing because I thought it was hilarious that they were trying to essentially invade their own country and be yeah. like, "Oh, this is this is my different country now." Like, how ridiculously dumb is that? On one hand, and also on a less funny note. Hmm. How far along are your beliefs that you think this country and the society is gone and it's and it's just too far gone? Let me make my own. And, and that's why I ask you the dangers of those extremist views. Because, yes, we understand very clearly the dangers of the extremist views on the right-hand side, right? Like nationalism, right? Like uh, the neo-Nazis, all that sort of stuff. It's very clear risks but i think it's also a valid point to see it on the extremist views on the left hand side where they're anti-establishment anti-government anti-state right anti-everything and i laugh because how can you be anti-everything i mean yes there are a bunch of things that are wrong with this country with society with the world but you're just anti-everything you want to tear everything down to you know zero and just start all over like that sounds like the worst possible plan you could come up with. Yeah. I mean, this country definitely needs a tune-up, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's not as terrible as people make it out to be. Um, we have it pretty good here. 
and like say like that thing that you're talking about that happened in Oregon. It's like, yeah, like literally blocking off like everybody else from entering, but besides maybe like Uber Eats and DoorDash, you know, yeah, <laughs> to, exactly. to, to feed the tyranny, right? Like it's mm-hmm. hilarious. I mean, I didn't even know about that until you told me because that's how out of the loop I am. I mean, I, I honestly go out of my way not to watch the media and what they portray about what's going on in public. I'd rather just go see it for myself. And if it doesn't really happen in like my close by area, I think it almost doesn't even have to affect me or I don't want it to let me affect, you know, my future, what I have going on in my mind. You know, I have other things I have to focus on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's people are just weird, man. Like to say that they want to go against the government, like say like the people that stormed the Capitol, like yeah. and what and, and whose right mind was that a good idea? I mean, how was that going to benefit anybody? How was that going to make this place a, a better place to live in? How was this going to make, quote unquote, make America great again? Um, I don't see any part of that being anything good. Um, and then people complaining about it afterwards, like the woman that was shot and killed, people that were hurt. Like, what what did you expect to happen? Were you expecting <laughs> yeah. there to be like roses for you at the entrance and that every step that you took up, there was more roses being, you know, handed off to you? Like, no, like, you know exactly what you were going into. But due to this media's portrayal of the country, because perhaps you're listening to a little bit more Fox than you should have. Now you genuinely thought that you were the pillar of this country and that you're going to be the reason that people stand back up and it's going to become this something else that it should be. But it's not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are kind of confused. People are also out of work. They were dealing with, you know, COVID and everything and they had nothing else to stand for. So they needed something to stand behind to make themselves feel more prideful again. Um, and I think that's ultimately what kind of led them to doing the stupid thing that they did. Um, and that's the problem, like you said, is ex- extremism. Uh, when you go too far, it's it's no longer pride. It's no longer being proud of who you are or what you believe in. It's become something else. It's become obsessive. And unfortunately, it's it's at the demise of other people. People will get hurt. Um, and I'm not just talking about like words on social media. I'm talking about like real people like getting hit, getting yeah. shot. And it just leads to more and more chaos. And that starts with the people and what they believe in. Um, it's It's a never ending cycle. It's the media. It portrays it one way. The people believe it. They eat it up. They over overthink it. They become extremists. They act out of chaos in public. There's riots where the people who they feel is their opponents is, you know, trying to make a peaceful protest. It becomes a riot and it's a public discourse. People get hurt. And then the media will, you know, write a story about it as making it out to be something much more than it really was. And then next thing you know, both sides get riled up again. And here they go again and again and again and again. It's like it's never ending. And yeah. people don't understand that it's like we're literally just like little Legos that they're playing with. They're just playing with <laughs> their minds. We're just getting brainwashed as we watch all this stuff. And yeah. it's sad because these are people that are like 40, 50 years old, 60 years old. Like these are people that are near retirement where they shouldn't even have to be worrying about this stuff. They should be able to just say, hey, I'm like a few years you know, away from my retirement. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my life with my grandchildren. But yet they're here and 
public places like trying to start chaos it just makes no sense yeah i've said this before and i'll say it again even though these things have happened extremist views aren't the norm now it's not like everyone has these thoughts it's just they're the ones that scream the loudest i mean that's it that's literally Mm -hmm. it if you have an entire protest of ten thousand people and there's one person who has the microphone and is yelling these crazy outlandish shit, they're going to be heard. They're going to be in the headlines of the newspapers and the actual news outlets, CNN, Fox, and all that whole whole sort of stuff. But even right, despite that, the the insurrection thing, and despite that like anti-government thing in Seattle that they made, despite all these like things, Mm -hmm. everyone, not everyone, but the vast majority of people, I would argue, are still moderate, are still at the middle-ish, right? You could be, for example, I'm like a little bit more left-leaning, but still on the middle. I'm sure a lot of people are, you know, more right-leaning, but still in the middle. But everyone still has the same ideals. Everyone still has the same perception of what this country should be. They could be different, right? There could be certain things like abortion, right? Big issues like that where there could be differences. Okay. But overall, everyone, I think, still wants this country to be better. And that singular, that singular thought and idea is, I believe, what unites us. That's what that's the united of the states. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's even hard to make a general statement like that nowadays where it's like say what? Like, say that we all want the same thing. Because I feel like you could say that, and then, like, five seconds later, be like, you don't know what I want. And then, like, you, like, you know, somebody's mm-hmm. trying to, like, blacklist you. Um, you know, jokes aside, I think we all do want a better future, you know, for ourselves, the future generations, if we have kids, right? We obviously want them to go to school and have a bo- better opportunity than we had, or at the very least, have that same opportunity that we had. Um, you know, I know that's what my parents wanted for me. And I know that the day that I have a kid myself, I'm going to want the same for them. But I think where the chaos begins is when people start to focus on other people instead of themselves, where maybe somebody has a neighbor who looks a little different than them, but they have a nicer car than us. Why do they get that? They just came to this country 10 years ago. How can they afford that? They shouldn't be able to afford that. And, you know, then they started attacking them like, oh, well, it's because they live off of food stamps and they got a handout from the government when they got here. That's how they got here in the first place. And, you know, all this very, very, like, sad things that they'll say to try to justify as to why somebody else would be doing better than them, right? And And it's sad. And I think a lot of what's going on in our country is because we're looking at other people instead of ourselves or even more so we're separating ourselves from our own people. I mean, if we're one country, we should be all one people. There shouldn't be no this bipartisan and like, you're left, you're right, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat. The color of your skin is different, so you're this kind of a person or, you know, whatever. It's like, just just stop all that. Like, what does it lead to? It just <laughs> leads to more yeah. disappointment. It just leads to more disruption, more chaos that's keeping you away from your kids, that's keeping you away from your family. Um, you know, the the, I, the war yeah. isn't in our own country. The war is perhaps in other places around the world. But recently, it seems like we're fighting a war in our own country. Yeah. 
I laughed because for a second there, <laughs> you kind of sounded like Dave Chappelle. Because in one of his oh, comedy shit. specials, he said, he said, um, this is why we're never going to be united, he said. Because everyone in China is Chinese, but everyone in America is racist. It's <laughs> 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 just like, and yes, you know, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but yeah, like because... <laughs> There are so many, like, everyone in China is Chinese, you know, but everyone here isn't, I don't know, American per se. Like, there's Mexican-Americans, there's African-Americans, there's Irish-Americans. Like, we all have this thing before American, right? So that's where the difficulty comes in actually devoting yourself, I suppose, 100% to this country and being 100% patriotic because Mm -hmm. you're always... Mexican American, you're always African American, you're always Irish American. Let's just say American and get it over with, right? Like let's leave the yeah. other part there. But I, I see the value because you never want to lose that part of your identity. But at the same time, if we don't let go of enough of that and just say we're all here trying to improve this together, then we're all going to be pulling in different directions. Yeah, and then we're all just sort of tearing the country apart in a sense, where this this state is going this way, this state is going the complete opposite way, and then you literally, you know, go into conversations. I know it was like two or three years ago, where California wanted to secede, they wanted to leave the country. They wanted to be like, we're going to be our own country, right? We forget about about Texas, right? Same with Texas, and and you know they they were able to do it. I believe back in the days. Uh, they were actually able to be their own country before the government was like, nah, you're tripping. <laughs> yeah, like, nah, um, nah, you're a part of us. Yeah, but, right. Those are the very real consequences. I mean, we say, like, we're tearing the country apart if we don't do this. But in a very real sense, that is occurring, right? And that that those are the fact that those conversations are being brought up is further proof that we need to get rid of this overall concept of I don't know. I don't want to say individuality because obviously that's super, you know, useful. I don't want it to be either like China, you know, where everyone is just doing what the government asks of them. It's just like, yeah. let's try to be a little bit more together is all I'm trying yeah. to say, right? Let's well, everyone keep our individuality. Let's everyone try to hustle out there, right? Enjoy this capitalist government, but also, hey, let's look out for the neighbor. Let's 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 be chill. <laughs> yeah, and the words of one, let's be chill. <laughs> That's going to be the motto to my uh, presidential run. Let's just be chill, bro. Yeah, let's just be chill. Juan Martinez, 2024. No, I'm thinking um, 20, 28 or 32 is what I'm thinking. Okay. I have to be okay. 30, I believe. So actually okay. for, no, 32, yeah, 32. Well, we'll, we'll start uh, making some posters and flyers. I'll, I'll start getting the candid- candidacy uh, going. We're going to get Keep that an going eye out for soon. it. Yeah, it's coming soon, guys. <laughs> um, you know, of course, me as your vice president. What's up? Um, I wouldn't be close to that. Yeah, probably going to fuck up the whole campaign, but hey, we'll have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think we. I think it's okay for us to be individuals, but I think because we're being individuals, that should be the same reason that we're uniting, right? You Unite yourselves because you're an individual, because you have the freedom to be an individual. To be an individual, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's just weird, man. I mean, this is kind of a little bit more off topic, but I just want to make this argument. Like, people are against drugs, right? 
to the point that we have a war on drugs in this country mm-hmm. where we don't want you to kill our brothers and sisters. We don't want you to bring addiction to our brothers and sisters. A lot of people have been lost because of drugs, right? Mm-hmm. So people go against it. They make this whole war against it. A lot of money is invested into it. And there's treatment centers. There's all of this kind of support for it. But where's the support and where's the outreach for the people that are spilling hate on social media or out in public that are publicly calling out people, hey, go back to your country, or that are you know, verbally assaulting people in a racist way? Where's the support for that? Because at the end of the day, we're all we're all one, you know. There's no, there's no. You're a different kind of person. One way or another, you made your way to this country. You're a part of us. We're all a part of each other. There shouldn't be any, you know, pointing fingers and nitpicking of who is an American and who isn't. We're all American. So why don't we start treating ourselves like that? Why is it always like pointing fingers at the other person? Because all throughout history, you know people have immigrated to this country but they're the most recent ones that do are the ones that are bashed for what's wrong in the country like oh you're the reason why this and this is wrong and this is this is because of your fault and then the next wave of immigrants come right oh now it's your fault right because the previous wave of immigrants have now assimilated they've now learned the culture they've now learned to speak english properly and now they get a chance to shit on the next guy right (laughs) And it's just terrible. And it's an, a never-ending cycle. I mean, I I think I've seen that even within, um, like, Latin America. Like, Latin American countries that immigrate here. Um, where uh, other countries besides Mexico are like, hey, man, if you're going to be racist towards me, don't call me a Mexican. That's the worst thing you can call me. Because everybody's just assumed as Mexican, right? And they're like, no, man, like, I'm from Honduras or I'm from Panama. Like, like fuck that shit. I'm not Mexican, you know? Um, and yeah, man, it's just weird, dude. There's just a lot of hate on the world and, and I don't understand how living in a place like the U S how so many people have so much hate inside of them, you know, it's like, they're almost like uninformed of what's going on in this country's, you know, since it basically became a country, they don't even understand how it came to be in the first place. You know, it's, it's a nation of immigrants. Yeah. You know, the unfortunate thing is to bring it full circle these thoughts and these things i I think they make us appreciate less our ability to have these thoughts and these things because all of these things are going on we don't appreciate Mm -hmm. again the fact that we have this freedom to discuss these things in this podcast to listen to other podcasts to listen to music to listen to all these things and even though it's a touchy subject and it's a sensitive thing, the reason here in this country that we are able to do this is because of the military. It is because of the Navy. It is because of these people who are out there. Right? The reasons may be correct. The reasons may be incorrect. You can argue, and you can argue in many different ways. But at the end of the day, there are these people that have given their lives and are willing to give their lives for the sake of this. For the sake of people being able to live normal lives and have an opportunity. And this is what I'll say, and this is what I've said to a lot of other friends that I've had that I have who are Caucasian or are trying to understand. It's like this is an opportunity. This country provides an opportunity. 
No one mm-hmm. said it was a good opportunity. No one said it was the best opportunity. It's just an opportunity. And that opportunity yeah. is given to us by these people who are in other countries fighting the wars so that we don't have to. And again, you can go into, right. we can do a whole episode on wars, whether they're just, they're immoral, moral, whatever it is, right? Putting that aside, these individuals do, for the most part, are doing it for the sake of this country, right? And without them, there wouldn't be this, right? I mean, I obviously didn't start traveling until when I was older, but I was reading this article about how this generation doesn't understand how easy it was to travel before 9-11. And it makes so much sense because no one was expecting it. No one was expecting anything like 9-11 to happen. Yeah. But after that happened, everyone became more like, oh, so this is what's out there. Why? Because yeah. we had become accustomed to peace. Because we had become accustomed to our peaceful lives not ever being threatened. But the second that happens, then that's when you really appreciate, oh, that's right. There are this group of people who are protecting me abroad. And this is why they're useful. Because they're preventing another event like this from happening. And I think yeah. that, you know, that's something that we all need to appreciate, not just on 9-11, but overall. And also... I feel like that connects very directly to Mr. Omar's wow. Oh, oh, wow. You set me up for that one. <laughs> I did. I yeah. thought you saw that coming, but you did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, th- I think, I think, uh, I think that's definitely a nice way to conclude this podcast. And the only other thing that I want to say is, uh, this episode is in remembrance of everybody who, uh, passed away tragically on nine 11. And if you don't know about 9-11, you know, perhaps because you're listening to us from another country, I would uh, recommend you look into it. Um, it was a tragic event that that has affected this country ever since then. Um, but the people that have passed away on that day will never be forgotten. And there were a lot of people that lost their lives, a lot of heroes, a lot of uh, innocent bystanders. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it's an event that I think anybody within this lifetime um within it when it happened uh will never forget i mean i was very young when it happened but that whole week at school i remember like just it it just changed the teachers were different you know um there was a lot of kids parents that were different because they had people perhaps that were directly tied to that event and and it changed it changed it was a it was a tough time for a lot of people in this country, I would say for the whole country, but there was people that were directly impacted and, uh, and it was just rough, man. But because of that, we have become a better country. And because of that, we have, uh, I would want to say become a little bit more united since then. But of course things, you know, go up and down and, and we're still trying to figure it out. I think, uh, I think this country is still great. And, it has uh, some work that it needs, but uh, maybe a little bit of some uh, lip fillers and uh, a little bit of some <laughs> Botox can uh, help it out and, and get its booty popping again. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, our uh, quote comes to us from Michael Hopf. Um, my apologies if I mispronounced your last name, Michael. 
Um, and this quote actually I heard a few times on the Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned it to you. You probably mentioned it to me. I think uh, I think it's a nice way to put it and uh, a great way to kind of end this podcast. So here we are. And it's from his uh, novel, Those Who Remain. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good day, everyone.